won't give you chrysanthemum crispa uber. Ooh, the twins <laughs> are back. through the <laughs> Oh, another gift. A another gift. goodie. What's coming out of the Star Wars oh, toy? Oh, Rancor. We got Rancors back. Cool. Yes, is it Moochie? Is it Moochie? Uchi? No, I don't know if it's Moochie. It's Danny Wait, Trejo. That's Trejo. Machete. I love it. Wow. Definitely. Robert Rodriguez is pulling out all of his stops that's to get his buddies in this. Oh, my God. And um, and, and definitely a more fit uh, Rancor trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, the no shame to Malakili. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> But what is this? Yeah. Why just these gifts? Yeah. There's something backhanded about this. I know it. Welcome back to New Rockstars. The Book of Boba Fett episode 3 takes from us our Tuscan family, but gives us in exchange Danny Trejo and Steven Root in a depressed rancor. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like any odd exchange, what's the catch to this gift? Like, why are the Huts backing off tattooing for real? And uh, what are those gropey twins really planning? What, what the, the fact? All I could think about what? was was a threesome with Boba Fett and the twins. Like, what are they really planning? That's... Uh, threesome. <laughs> the most roundabout threesome, yeah. they go back to Nal Hutt and be like, why isn't he getting <laughs> We're trying every, well, I'm putting myself out there this year. We give him a Wookiee, we give him a Rancor, what's not to get about that? <laughs> Um, well, this is Wookie Leaks. It's New Rockstar's Book of Boba Fett after show and our weekly reaction to the latest in Star Wars. I'm Eric Boss. My Easter egg breakdown for episode three is coming tomorrow. But right now, I am here reacting to this episode with Tommy Bechtold. Oh, baby, a short and sweet episode of Book of Boba Fett. Not a, not, not a, not a, what I would call a, a lengthy thrill ride, but a thrill ride nonetheless. A very slow moving thrill ride at times. Uh, <laughs> just gingerly moving about the streets of uh, Mos Espa, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk about that. Yes. But like, I, I just have to point out to everyone who's saying that this street chase moved too slow, like, Watch any street chase, yes. whether it's in Back to the Future yeah. or yeah, or American Graffiti mm. or even Fast and the Furious, the shots yeah. that are not CGI. Yeah. Things are moving slower uh, in uh, when they're actually shooting it. Absolutely, than, you know, uh, than it seems like it is with editing. Absolutely, and this was it, it had to move slow because they needed to show all of those great characters, <laughs> all of the great cameos yes. and stuff. You couldn't do. We it without needed it. yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. little thing we yeah. needed. You can't just be a motion blur streak of that droid that toted Padme and Anakin around. That's right. Uh, you, you need to get a reaction shot where he goes, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. <laughs> Scoots out of the way. <laughs> I mean, it, I loved it. it. Wanted to say, oh my, so bad. Like, it was like, they, they, they wanted an Anthony Daniels, oh my, oh my. All, but, we, all we needed was, like, someone to carry a cake or yes. something like that. Well, we got a cake. Looney Tunes shattering portrait. We got that. No, we did. A Ralph... A Ralph Ralph McQuarrie yes. painting. And this uh, is the second Ralph McQuarrie reference in two weeks now because that uh, the, uh, some of our, our viewers were smart to point out the tentacle tree branch scene was based on some concept art from Ralph McQuarrie. So yeah. we're getting some McQuarrie tributes. Yeah. 
production design is amazing here. Yeah. Well, let's break down what happened in this episode. Yes. Episode three begins with 8D8. Uh, <laughs> Matt Barry. Anytime I hear his voice, yeah. I just can't not think of Jackie, D- <laughs> Jackie Daytona. He breaks down essentially what Bib Fortuna's operation was. The three families. Yes. The most desperate. You, <laughs> got, you got the Trandoshas. You got your Aqualicious <laughs> who going to be sleeping with the fishes soon. And then you got your Clatonians. Tuesdays and, before uh, the Clatonians. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just love the breakdown of that. I would have loved if we saw like you know a Goodfellas style like yes. police FBI chart of who there was Billy Two Gills, and then there was Jimmy Three <laughs> Blasters, who always blasted a person three times. <laughs> How's your mother? How's your mother? How's your mother? Uh, but. Um, we meet this water broker, Lortha Peel, played by the amazing Stephen Effort. Yes. Uh, and I call him Stephen Effort. I know he's Stephen Root, but yeah. because at the University of Florida, where yes. many of us at New Rockstars all went, uh, the acting studio where our improv club would always try to sneak in in, in front of play rehearsals <laughs> was called the Stephen F. Root Acting Studio because yes. he's an alumnus of the University of Florida, and he paid like $100,000 in yes. donations to build out their, their Nady McGuire uh, oh. theater and dance pavilion but the the theater um i i just i have to use my platform now to shout out how terrible that theater department was to us they were huge assholes i will never forgive them they canceled our main stage show for no reason because some of their grad students were drinking beer at one of our shows and they blamed us for it so you university of florida theater dance circa 2008 you made my life hell then anyway do you think um, every time steven root appears on a uh high budget prestige television show like another petal drops from a tree in his house and when the tree is bare he will have done his he will have done his service and his soul can finally be free cuz he shows up on everything i mean he i mean yes. they're, they're, like at a certain point steven root will appear on your show whether you cast him or not like i feel like he yes. just go he, he shows up and he's like yeah i'm north appeal and they're like well it's Steven Root, so I guess he's right. He's not even on the call sheet. He's yeah. just he's just there. He's just there. He's like, I feel like my name should be Lorth Appeal. I'm gonna play a water broker who yeah. jacks up my prices too much. And yeah. we buy it. It feels it feels so simple and mundane to have this guy in your world. I love that he's so low stakes. Yeah. Like if you're gonna get Steven Root, yeah. you could make him like the big bad of yeah. the show. That's how sure. great this actor is. Absolutely. But he's like, no, no, no. I'm gonna play <laughs> like uh, middle management. Just one step above the local street gangs. Yes. Who's getting ripped off. Absolutely. Like, great, great casting there. Excellent. Um, well, he. He asks uh, Boba Fett to punish these gang, and they're they're these cyborgs. They're people, yeah. and I love that he says that with like a sneer, yeah. not realizing that Finnick Shand is augmented yeah. with cybernetic parts as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's Star Wars, a ton of people got cybernetic. Luke Skywalker's got a yeah. cybernetic hand. Exactly. Why are you so grossed out by that? Um, but uh, he, uh, they pay him no respect, and I love how he keeps saying, "I'm insulted on your behalf." Yeah. He's like the little jerk who goes up to you. He's like, "These people are talking shit yeah. about you. What are you gonna do about it's it?" It's not me. I didn't you. say this. You didn't hear it from me. <laughs> you can hear this from me, but yeah. What I, love I love how he says it again. Yeah. yeah. Like he's got like one thing he can say. He's oh, like yeah. the Marco Rubio in the debates. He's like <laughs> Fennec Shan's just gonna accuse him of having small hands next. They're gonna be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um well we meet this gang, it includes Sophie Thatcher. Mm. Uh she is having a moment right now, uh, between this and yellow jackets. Yes. She's great. Um and they ride these colorful Vespa type uh speeders. Yeah. These seem to be inspired by the bikes driven by uh mods. These yeah. are like the, the whole youth gangs of London and the yeah. 60s and they had these bright colors i just love that kind of cultural pull it was um, cool I, combined- I, it did remind me a little bit of the diner scene in attack of the clones it was like a slightly like oh, this is 
this is very colorful. Very, very colorful. Yes. But I still, you yes. know, listen, I would die to drive one of those speeder bikes around. So it's uh, it's more color than we're used to seeing outside of big uh, urban centers like Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Like to see this much color on on Tatooine outside of like even the pod racers are all dusty and caked right. in mud and stuff. These seem like nicely polished mm-hmm. right uh, out of like a toy pinball machine, you know. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, but Boba makes the right decision here. He said he sees that this gang has no work and that's really the problem. It's unemployment. It's mm-hmm. lack of employment opportunity. It's jobs, 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 baby. That's so right. he gives them jobs as enforcers really pissing off Lortha. Uh, it says <laughs> lower your prices in, yeah. in a clean stroke. Gives people jobs and yeah. says your prices are too damn this high. This is uh, this is I Boba's, have to this. Boba's build back better plan. I think is what he probably it really is. <laughs> But it has two tiers of it, right? right? It also does a bit of a, a price controlling. Build Thank back God. better, back to <laughs> Vladimir. Yeah. <laughs> Boba. Well, we get another of these flashbacks, and it is haunting because Boba remembers this time when he leaves this Tuscan tribe, not knowing this will be the last we see them alive. And uh, he goes to collect the toll from the Pikes and Maz Eisley, the shithole that he mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, Go back and, uh, to Maz Eisley. We see those stormtrooper helmets on the on the Pikes that we saw in Mandalorian episode five, mm. and we actually get a quick cameo by Amy Sedaris as Pelimoto walking mm. by with her pit droids. Love it. Uh, and then we get. Uh, uh, we meet the Pike leader, who says that he's already paying for protection from that Nikto gang, and he names them the Kenton Striders. Oh, yes. Okay, and uh, and uh, Boba will have to settle things with them. And I, uh, I love this recurring thing of every person Boba Fett meets with yeah. keeps like punting. He's yes, like, no, you have to go talk to this person. No, you it's actually person. your princess is in another castle. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but upon his return, Boba gets his own Uncle Owen Amperu moment and finds that Tuscan tribe massacred, apparently by the Kenton Striders. Mm. But we're not, you know, they just had their obvious symbol painted there. Yeah. Anybody could have painted that symbol. Yeah. I think it's probably the Kenton Striders, but we'll see. We'll, we'll There's a lot, that. been a lot of deception this season. We'll talk more about that. But, you know, yes. one theme has certainly been this year of, as you said, pl- passing the buck onto someone else. And saying like, oh, mm-hmm. couldn't have been me. It was this person. So I yes. think uh, I, I playing like, uh, enemies against each other. Yes, yes. yes. Um, it, you know, it was just Stephen Root out there spraying. Yeah. Like, is, does L go this way? Or, uh? <laughs> <laughs> but Boba wakes up either the best or the worst way to wake up from any nap: uh, yeah. screaming Wookie in your face, <laughs> black or Satan. <laughs> yes. Somehow he got into this palace, and yes. he is savage. Oh, yeah. uh, we see a Wookiee bite, which is vicious. Like yeah. It's just a nasty fight. Uh, it's awesome, but Boba is just, like, he's barely full, clothed. Full, full Vigo Morton saying an Eastern promises. <laughs> full Vigo. Yeah, it's wet. It's hot. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, they're able, barely, to restrain this Wookiee. Everyone's pitching in here, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really just Finnick Shan being like, "Wait, just try to get him right over that, right over that trap door. Mm-hmm. The, almost. Uh, can you take a swing at him? Let him bite your face. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, great, and we got him. Uh, nice, nice little trap there. Um, and uh, they are able to keep him down there. Mm-hmm. But the Hut twins then arrive, and they bring with them as a gift a rancor mm-hmm. uh, handled by Danny Trejo. Yes. And now they're promising to leave Tatooine. Because they were misled by Mayor Mark Shays and uh, and 
now they're saying there's a syndicate that has claimed uh, this territory. They don't want any part of it. They're afraid, and then they bounce. Mm. Now, uh, Danny Trejo explains the intricacies of the Rancor personality. He name drops the witches of Dathomir, which yes. I love. Yes, Shadows of uh, the Empire. That's right. And he explains how Rancors are complex emotional creatures that imprint on the first human they mm -hmm. see. And then, so it seems like Fett forms this bond with a new Rancor, hopes to train it, and then uh, Fett and Shand uh, and those cyborg guards go to Mos Espa to question Makshis, but the mayor is absent. The major Doma goes, I'll be right back. <laughs> we hear a car scratch outside. <laughs> and then we get this uh, super slow but delightful paced uh, speeder chase through the streets of Mos Espa, uh, crashing into every droid and alien costume that they have in the warehouse at Skywalker Ranch, but it's wonderful. Yes. Uh, and then it ends with uh, the Major Domo crashing Biff style yeah. into a cart of Melaroon fruit, mm. which I just love that. You know, love seeing those things bounce around. I think we saw it on a menu at mm. the end of a. Uh, at the end of uh, Mandalorian season two, so now we get to see those delicious looking fruits. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, I want falling a, all over man, I want a Milleran fruit right now mm -hmm. for Give breakfast with a little cottage cheese in it. Yeah, oh, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah, uh, but uh, the gang corners him. He yeah. says that uh, again. He punts. He goes, "Oh, uh, Mayor Shaiz is working with the Pikes." Mm -hmm. You know, so everyone's just saying, "You got to go over here. You got to yeah. go over here." And then one of Fett's informants reports that more Pikes are arriving in to the planet, and the crime boss states that this empire is ready for war. Yeah. What kind of war is he going to have to fight? Are his numbers anywhere near? It does not where, seem that uh, way right now. Especially think, with his Tuscan connection seemingly Yeah, a little erased. crispy. They, they're not original recipe anymore. They are extra crispy, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and it just sets up some interesting questions over, well, then what is uh, Boba Fett really fighting for then? Right. We were thinking maybe he was trying to claim this throne mm -hmm. and then give the Tuscans a seat at the table. Has he formed alliances with other Tuscan tribes since mm. then uh, that we don't know about? Or mm -hmm. is this really a vengeance quest, which is also very exciting. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, yeah, especially just rage for what Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, I, I will watch them mow through people any day, you know? Well, uh, we want to thank our merch partners at Epic Hero Shop. They have a new shirt in their latest obsession series inspired by the Book of Boba Fett. Comes in three colors Ooh. and I think the military green one is most character appropriate. They look amazing. Definitely get your hands on one of these and when you grab a latest obsession shirt, you'll get the added option to write in a custom shout out that will appear at the bottom of these Book of Boba Fett after shows. Like we got James asking where do you think they will go with the introduction of BK, mm. uh, yeah, I, I mean, I ultimately think this is going to lead to either a, an Obi Wan Kenobi series mm -hmm. parallel or a cameo there, or introduction of Doctor Afra yeah. into uh, into live action. I would love mm -hmm. either one of those. Um, Nashin asks, who would win in a fight, Boba Fett or Finnick Shand? Mm -hmm. Who do you think, Tommy? Uh, you know, I this is really tough because Finnick Shand it seems at this point more ruthless than Boba Fett. Boba Fett's kind of like had enough life experiences where I think he would maybe show it, uh, show mercy and Fennec Shand would take that opportunity to uh, slit his throat. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and then Justin asks, do you think Boba Fett killed the Sarlacc making his escape? I, I mean, I don't know how a Sarlacc would recover. Yeah. It seems like his metabolism is super slow. Right. I would imagine his healing uh, yeah. processes are super and, slow. And I think, so the, I you know, the stray tentacles kind of implied some sort of... Uh, Medical yeah, trauma. it looks kind of limp. Yeah. 
dead. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, check out all of our awesome merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. But let's dive into the deeper questions we have from this episode. Where okay. do we want to start, Tommy? You know, Eric, I've been wondering since I watched this episode only a few short hours ago, what the fuck are the true intentions of the Huts? Ah, uh, Yes. Well, the Huts surprisingly back off of Boba this mm-hmm. episode. As soon as BK just fails to kill him, they admit yeah. to sending Black or Santin to yeah. go kill him. I mean, not a bad strategy. <laughs> like, send, yeah, no. send, send a murderous, yeah. you know, teddy bear to kill Boba Fett. A guy who loves to take healing naps mm-hmm. uh, four yeah. times a day. Uh, take six, seven naps. With very little protection, it yeah. turns out. Yeah. Yeah, a pretty winning strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't want Kersantan back. They're like, all right, our contract is uh, done with you. Um, and then they they leave this rancor with Boba, and they don't really seem to be getting anything out of this exchange, which is super uncharacteristic mm-hmm. of the Huts. And they say they want no part of this uh, territory right now. They force their litter to carry them back into town. They came all the way out here just to say this. You know, one of those carriers is like, yeah. you know, we have holograms. Just bones use in the this tech, universe, right? Yeah. Just use the tech, please. Yeah. We've taught you how to use it. Please. We'll show you again, Grandma. We'll, we'll set up the call for you. You have texting on your iPhone, Grandma. Grandma, you just text us. You do not but need you to use know, a landline. Those huts are like, that's not going to send a message at all. Like, we, I prefer person to person. Why are we talking like why? <laughs> I don't Anakin. know. Anakin! And, and it's not, it's not okay that no, we're talking this No, not okay. Way. I think it's because the not way okay. huts talk in Hatties is like... Yeah, we should not touch. Try to speed Hatties, and yeah. then we offend no one. Mm-hmm. But I'm dying to know what changed with the Hut circumstances for I'm them not, to be acting this way. I'm not but sure I, anything, Eric. I don't. I'm sorry to interject, but I just I wonder if the it's like one of those too good to be true gifts. You know, like they they conveniently release Black Kersantin from his contract and then encourage Boba to keep him a bo- like a gift. They're like, keep this guy. Now, I, I, this is my thing with the show and, and with Wookiees in general. I have such an attachment to Chewbacca that I see a Wookiee and I'm like, there's no way that they could do evil. Black Crescenton is a murderous, you know, gladiator as, as as Boba refers to him. Perhaps they wanted a Wookiee on the inside, Eric. Perhaps they wanted a Wookiee on the inside. Oh, you think um, Black Crescenton, they were hoping he would yeah. keep Black Crescenton right. as like his own bodyguard mm-hmm. and then he'd report back to them. He, I have to say, I love Black Crescenton's little jog yeah. away from me. Yeah. It was such a, it, 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 it's like whatever the uh, Wookiee version of Uncanny Valley was, in that moment, Black Crescenton became a human performer in a Wookiee costume for me because his yeah. running style was just dad at a softball game. <laughs> It reminds me of like my favorite gag from the first couple episodes of Parks and Rec, where yeah. at one point they just have Aziz run away. He avoids canvassing. Yeah. And they just stay on Aziz running down the sidewalk and then they just go, he runs weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which I how I found about Black Crescent. He doesn't run that weird. It's just no. fun to see someone no, in a big furry costume yeah, jogging on a desert. It just definitely was like a dad jock. It was definitely like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he good on him for yes. like he wouldn't just walk away either. Right. He'd be like, okay, I'm getting the f out of yeah, here. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before he changes yeah. his mind, 
Yeah. Well, uh, Tommy, you were saying that there there is some good reason for the Huts to fear the Syndicate. Mm. We saw in Clone Wars how you know they the Syndicate has previously attacked Jabba's palace and forced both Jabba and uh, Gorga the Hut to join the Shadow Collective. The Huts though aren't exactly safe on their home planet now, Hutta, because the Pike Syndicate has a fleet of star cruisers. We saw the end of the episode, you know, and they had previously attacked Gardula the Hut on Hutta and forced all the Huts to flee the planet. We saw that in Rebels. So I think. The I believe that the Pike Syndicate um, might be more powerful, at least have more of a reach than the Hutts clan right now, now that uh, Jabba is dead. Um, and that puts the surviving Hut family members in a more vulnerable position against the Pike's growing influence. But what do the Hutts have, more than anything, than their ability for treachery and mm, deceit? Yes. Uh, their ability to play their enemies against each other. They're very clever, these Hutts. Mm -hmm. uh, they were able to st stay silently behind a curtain <laughs> when Leia thought out uh, Han Solo from That's the carbon. right. Like, there was a whole group of them, and Jabba was able to be like, shh, shh, I want to surprise him. And now, and now. Surprise! How do you do that if you're as big as Jabba? Yeah. How do you stay so silent with your brain is how you That's do it. That's right. Uh, I think... Obviously, what is going on here is the Huts are staying out of this, but really to set up Boba Fett and the Pikes against each other mm -hmm. so that they can reap the benefits. That's right. Curt curtain back closed. Curtain open. Curtain closed. It's all about the curtains, yes. baby. And I keep saying baby this episode. I, yeah. It's not natural for it me. It works and for I me, baby. Like Let me tell you what. I'm it's natural it. for me. I want it to keep going. Baby. <laughs> Right well, uh, uh, Fennec and Boba even say in this episode that Fets have a reputation for playing their enemies against each other. I totally think that's happening here. But I want mm -hmm. to ask you about this Rancor, Tommy. Yes. It's a crazy gift mm -hmm. to give to Boba without getting anything in return. Mm. I can't help but wonder if this is a kind of Trojan horse. Yes. I can't help but look the Rancor in the mouth. Yes. But, and, and Danny Trejo... Uh, is playing this Rancor Handler. I love how he builds on uh, the lore of the Rancor. Yes. Uh, talking about its emotional complexi complexity. Talk, it's saying depressed. It's depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it definitely builds on that little moment that I love from Return of the Jedi yeah. when Malakili sobbed when Luke killed Patissa. That's right. And we all kind of laugh like, at that yeah. without any context where, like, as a kid, I was like, why is this, like, big, shirtless, bald man Cry like crying like crying like a child over it. Now it's like yeah. you know, it makes so much more no, sense. No, he understands what was lost. Mm -hmm. There was a sweetness in that creature. Mm -hmm. He was trained to fight, unfortunately, yes. but yeah. with other people, he had this nice relationship. And I love that Danny Trejo name drops the witches of Dathomir, which uh, is originally part of like legend stories. They're the group of the four witches, um, and they were kind of reframed as what we saw as the Night Sisters in Clone Wars. That included Talzin, that was Maul's mother. Uh, that cult was critical to Maul's restoration. Uh, but I love that Trejo uses the old EU term yes. of witches of Dathomir because it just kind of hints at a deeper complexity than what we saw in Clone Wars. Nothing wrong with Clone Wars, but there is like a deeper history mm -hmm. uh, to this group, and now it is official canon in Star Wars, which is That's awesome. Right. Uh, Back, and there's more to Rancor psychology than we think. Like in that, in those legend stories, uh, as was told to Luke Skywalker in those stories, there was a Jedi Knight, Alia, who was the grandmother of this group when she was outcasted from the planet. Uh, and in her tradition, uh, these group of women, generation after generation, uh, kind of wrangle the Rancors down from the mountains and then domesticate them through this process. Um, and we learn of this process called Rancor imprinting. Which is why this Rancor has to wear these blinders, uh, that they will actually be loyal to the first person they see. 
Um, now, I don't mean to question this beautiful history yeah. to the Rancor species, but I have to ask you, Tommy, could this really be the case as we saw? It could have been a lie from Treyo's character that Rancors might actually imprint a lifelong hatred on the first person they ah. see. So really, the Wrangler opens their eyes to some mortal enemy of theirs, yes. and then it imprints them with a desire to tear that one person to shreds that can never be erased. And that's why Trejo smiles, because can we ever trust a smile from Danny Trejo? Well, Am I overthinking this? No, Am I gonna be proven I'll wrong be honest, because... You know, uh, he's a fabulous actor, and he's great at playing deceitful, evil characters, as well as heroic, violent characters. But, uh, you know, one thing that bumped me in this very similar way was that Boba Fett leaves, and it's just Danny Trejo and the Rancor, and he just kind of gives him a pat on the head and says, he'll be back, you know? Like the way a dog is yeah. upset when it's... Uh, you know, uh, human friend, I almost said owner, but I don't think that's acceptable dog language anymore. Person friend, <laughs> human keeper, I don't know. You buy, pay, Fur and feed friend. them. Listen, if I have kids, yeah. I'm going to say I own them. Uh, delete that. Don't put that, <laughs> don't put that in there. Uh, uh, the editor's like, no, we're leaving it in, you fucking monster. Uh, no, so anyway, what was I saying? Yes, he, he says it'll be okay. Now, I think that one that could be doubling down on Danny Trejo's original comment that th that rancors are docile unless they're threatened. They're peaceful unless threatened. He says that. So I don't know. I mean, it seems too much too good to be true. The Trojan horse thing makes way more sense to me that Danny Trejo, A, it's an actor of that, you know, renowned in that role, might be up to more than what he's saying. Maybe the rancor stuff is all legit, but Danny Trejo's character is not. You know what I mean? Maybe he is... Much like uh, Jon Snow and the knights uh, joining the wildlings, like fight with them, love them, eat with them or whatever. It's like maybe he's been uh, he's been instructed by the, the, the huts to train this rancor for Boba and then also get as much information as you can. So I, I, I think there is right. something to that. I also thought it was interesting. You know me and I love my bootleg breakdowns. All two of them, the smash hits on this site. But did Boba Fett make a reference to the holiday special when he said he had I ridden so. larger creatures than that? Is that that like dinosaur yeah. thing that he's riding? Cause, yeah, the huge creature he rides in the animated. Yeah. Uh, because Danny uh, yeah, Trejo had was. a similar kind of like thing, like like gun thing that Boba Fett had in that <laughs> animation yeah. special. So I, I that brought a smile to my face that there was a little. I mean, bit of we a know that Filoni and this whole crew loves the Star Wars holiday special yes. in the first first episode of the mandalorian they mentioned life day yeah they, they, they mentioned reference to you, Star we're, we're saying life day again we told you that last week we said yeah. that no we yeah no i, I so want to say I this think, are we does this mean we're not far away from a wookie masturbation virtual reality machine then? <laughs> <laughs> that might have just been specific to the star wars uh, special. and and to my house where i have spent all of my that's resources. not what that was for tommy that's just what you use it <laughs> that's for. just a fedex Those box i put over my head <laughs> dancers that you watch oh right and just enjoy the applause yes you're and right you're right no no you made it weird you made it weird um, yeah, I, I'm probably overthinking how um, how vicious and hostile this rancor is. I, I think when we were peering into its eyes, I don't 
I just don't know what to make of that. Yeah. There obviously is a connection form. Mm -hmm. There is an imprinting process happening mm -hmm. there. Um, I'm just curious to know what exactly the Hutt's intentions were. And I and I think that there still is a loyalty between Trejo and the Hutt's. Mm. And I think that eventually will be uh, used as a way to exploit Boba, ultimately. Mm -hmm. yep. I don't think this is just a pure, honest, trustworthy gift from Bingo. the Hutt's at the end of the day. I agree. Um well, we'll talk more uh, about what's going on in this episode in a second. But uh, first, we want to thank our friends at Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. We all love delicious sweet treats. But if you're trying to look as good shirtless as Boba after the back to tank, we know we shouldn't be indulging too often. And that's where our friends at Magic Spoon come in. Magic Spoon cereal has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. That's only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Grab yourself a variety pack for the four flavors of cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Try mixing flavors to be a real maniac magic spooner. Chocolate and peanut butter for a peanut butter cup vibe or frosted and fruity for a candy-coated winter wonderland. Just go to magicspoon.com slash WikiLeaks to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code WikiLeaks at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions mm. asked. Remember, get your next delicious meal of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash WikiLeaks and use the code WikiLeaks to save $5 off. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. We also want to thank our friends at Peloton for sponsoring this episode. We're lucky to have new Book of Boba Fett episodes to react to every week. You don't want to get burned out doing the same thing every week, every day. That's true for exercise, too. And it's why our friends at Peloton are always adding things to their lineup to keep you motivated and excited for your workout. You know Peloton from their really cool bikes and fitness equipment, but they also have a great app that everybody can use, even without the equipment. They've added a ton of workout variety to that app with yoga, dance cardio, meditation, and all all kinds of other classes that you can take advantage of from the comfort of your own home. And they've just added boxing classes, which are a great workout. Whether you're a seasoned pugilist or more of a glass jaw Joe, I'm definitely in that second category. Mm. I could use some of the work on fundamentals and form that the app classes offer. For a limited time, try the Peloton app for free for two months and then $12.99 per month after that. New members only. Visit onepeloton.com app to learn more. That's two months free at O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. Offer expires January 1st, 2022. Terms apply. Mm. All right, Tommy, I wanted to ask you, what the fat really happened to those Tuscans? Mm. Could any of them have survived? I, God, I hope so. I, you know, obviously the, the little gaffy sticks or staff, little baby staff yeah. going in doesn't seem good for the tiny... Tiny, tiny, tiny Tuscan, yeah. tiny Tuscans, uh, coming, coming to TLC. It's tiny Tuscans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just picture like Dance Moms, but it's Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. Uh, no, you know I. You're not going to states. You mouth off one more time. You're not going to states. Uh, so no, I think you know for that uh, badass John Wick, Joan Wick. Uh, female fighting uh, uh, Tuscan Raider. I feel like there would have had to have been like fifty Kinton Striders to take her out. You know, like so. In my yeah. mind, in my hopes, in my heart of hearts, I hope that she escaped with the youngling uh, Tuscans and maybe a few of the other ones. But it does appear as though they killed the men, not just the men, Eric, but the women and children too. The children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, it's it's horrible what happened to them. Uh, and I think what's what's disheartening, even though we don't see the bodies of uh, the warrior that helped them out on the train or that kid, yeah, their sticks are pretty sacred to them. I don't know if, especially the warrior who trained them, whatever part ways with with that stick. Yeah, uh, I hope they survive. I hope some of them survived. Yep. Uh, in some way. Um, yeah. I, it just sucks for them to. I, I didn't want to see the massacre on screen, but no. we've gotten such a relationship and an attachment. I, yeah, with them in the first two episodes. Yeah, so all the, kidding aside, it was of, yeah, it was tough to like have the, you know get so much of them in the first two episodes and then be like, well, now they're gone forever. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, and not even it's just kind of like something we move on pretty quickly from mm. like a third of the way through the episode. Yep. You know, it'd be one yep. thing if like you end an episode with yep. this yep. and you're just left with that yep. into the credits. Yep. Um, like, like, and, and it's a flashback. Yep. You don't need to flashback in the middle of the episode. You could flashback at the end of the episode mm-hmm. and just, so I don't, I, I just kind of question whether this is truly the end of uh, any Tuscan on the show. I hope it's not because I really have come to love the, the Tuscan culture and I don't want Boba Fett to be the only bearer of any Tuscan traditions now on the show um, because he is just someone who was taught it. And I, I want to see more Tusk. I don't want them to just be completely massacred. I agree. On, uh, but we know there are, you know, thousands if not millions of Tuskins wandering around mm-hmm. on this planet. Hopefully two of them are ones that we got to know already. Um, but who, do we think it was just the Kenton Striders who killed them? Am I overthinking no, that I, someone else might have just No, I, I 100% to- think, especially because they keep focusing on that logo. They keep focusing yeah. on that tag. That is their, like, you know... Uh, it, it harkens back to the old WCW Monday Nitro days when the NWO <laughs> would spray paint NWO on people. And every once in a while, someone would frame the NWO by spray painting NWO on a victim. And and, and it would really be, you know, like Ric Flair or somebody like that. So so I, 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 I you know, I think that, no, I think it is, they're being set up as patsies for this. You know, I think the Kinton Striders are being set up as... The, the people that, you know, they want you to think, when in reality, it, it, it's probably someone far more nefarious. It's just the Pikes themselves. Yeah, right? I think so. Like, that makes sense because the Pikes would have had knowledge or at least an inkling that Bo, the Bo was coming to see them, you know? So, like, I don't know how fast that the, the, they, they could get out there or if they have people on the ready, but, like... It stands to reason they knew they had that without their best fighter or second best fighter, Boba Fett. You know, he's doing he's coming there to collect the protection fee. So it's the perfect time to go in and attack because they probably have spies of their own, you know, scouts that are up there looking. So I think it 100 percent was the Pikes. That that's that, that that makes the most sense to me. I think just that little detail of uh, of that one Pike leader swirling his drink. Yeah. I believe Phil Lamar played him, which I love how they get like these these actors in here. Uh, that we've seen in other stuff. Phil Lamar, of course, voiced uh, uh, Bail Organa and a bunch of other characters in, in Star Wars animated series. But like, yeah, I think I think there's something going on there for sure. I don't think we're we have to assume immediately this has to have just been the Kenton Striders acting alone. Yep. Although they're assholes, I wouldn't put it past them. I don't know if they're war criminals though. They didn't they didn't kill that moisture farmer. But you know, I could imagine them having a lesser regard for Tuscan Raiders than they do for, yes. for humans. Okay, I wanted to ask you. What the fuck happens to Black Kersantan now after his jog out to... Uh, he's still jogging. <laughs> he's just marathoning through the desert. I don't think he's done on this show, even if he does Even if he does appear in other... If he's jogging straight out to Ahsoka Tano or if he's jogging straight out to appear on Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan's taking place in a different time 
period anyway, right? So it, 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 mm-hmm. he could be on both anyhow. I think that he's going to regroup. He's going to go, you know, blow off some steam, digest all of the Gamorrean flesh that he has in his stomach from biting and uh, all of that. And then I could see him coming back and helping Boba Fett. I could see him coming yeah, back. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of against expecting. The like, I'm expecting to kind of team up. Like, that was another good move of Boba to create a potential ally. Spared his life. Spare yeah. life. Yeah. Because no, it would have made way more sense to just keep him down in the Rancor pit and give that little yeah, sweet no. baby some training meals, you know? Like, tra- right, yeah. training wheels and training meals. <laughs> like, uh, whatever he paid you, I'll pay you double. That's you know, right. like, make a friend out yeah, of him. Yeah, exactly. Now, I wanted to ask, uh, as we wrap up right here, what the fetch should we really make of this Witches of Dathomir reference from Danny Trejo's character? Are we ever going to meet the Witches of Dathomir in live action? Are we going to meet another character who could be uh, a daughter of Dathomir? Yeah, I, I think that's probably it. I think I think that nothing like that is said by mistake, or, or flippantly, you know, I mean, of course, it's fun to reference and like, you know, it's cool because when, when things became uh, legend and non-canon for Star Wars, you know, a lot of a lot of fans were like, I've invested so much in these like side characters and, and, and extended, you know, universe things. So I, I think that it is probably setting up for like a badass descendant of the Witches of Death that made her come in and and. and uh, well, I'm thinking appear on this show. I'm thinking the acolyte. I think that could be what the acolyte. Oh takes yeah, place in. a part of the witches of Dathomir cult. I believe the acolyte. It's going to be set before the the prequels. Oh, that's that. brilliant. Uh, yes, and I think that would be a perfect uh, setting or a perfect place for the acolyte to take place in either as a member of that cult in particular or someone who's like uh, fighting against them or has escaped from that cult or whatever yeah. it is. I, I just that. hope we, we see more of the Witches of Dathomir. Me too. I, I, I don't think... Really, really cool they, they I mean, there was a close-up on his face as he said the line. Like, I don't think it was... That line was not meant to be, you know, thrown away. That line was meant to establish. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground in this episode. Had yes. a lot of laughs. Oh, yeah. Did a lot of bits. Yeah. Dug into a lot of theory. Yes. Set ourselves up to be proven wrong next week. Hell, probably. yeah. Let us know in the comments when we got it wrong. And I always love a good tweet telling me. You're going to do it no matter what. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you probably wouldn't have even watched this episode. You just saw the thumbnail of it. You reacted to it on Twitter or in the comments, and you didn't watch a second of it. <laughs> but hey, you're young. You're um, a certain age of fan, yeah. and the world probably isn't great for you. So if it makes you feel good to yeah. do that, I don't mind. Yeah, it's okay. let me be your dartboard. Hurl your insults at me. I can take it. Look at this chest. <laughs> and twins. All right, we'll end there. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> well, that's got to be it for this episode of Wookiee Leaks. Again, my Easter egg breakdown is coming tomorrow, and Tommy and I will be back next Wednesday you know with it. our reaction to Chapter 4 of the Book of Boba Fett. So don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Wookiee Leaks wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching, and we, we have spoken. spoken. I don't know why I did this. That's I not, like that. That's not yeah. Star Wars. I should just do like flicks. That's fine. I think it was good.